0: We had a, a birthday party from Uncle Louie, who lives in the front. And Uncle Louie is actually one of the original uh, members of Suicidal Tendencies. Is he playing bass on Institutionalized? Yeah. What? Yeah. And actually, he actually did a, a remake in Spanish a few years back. Lucile, I am mean, sorry, it's um, Institutionalized, but in Spanish. So yeah, it's pretty dope.
1: Hello and welcome to Here in LA, Venice Edition. Venice Edition? Yes, we made it out of Hollywood. 13 episodes are in the books for Hollywood. This is episode number one for Venice. Now that Jordan and I know what we're doing, expect to hear about a half dozen voices from each of the neighborhoods around LA, and then we will move on to the next one. Today, we are talking to Mike Bravo, a.k.a. the Chicano Tony Stark. Mike's family have been Venetians for nearly a 100 years. We talk about gentrification, German in Venice, the First Baptist Church of Venice, and the billionaire who wants to tear it down and build a multi-lot mega mansion. (laughs) We also talk about weed, Mike Bonin, the lack of rock venues on the west side, and if there are any food spots on the boardwalk that he can recommend. So please let's welcome Mike Bravo. Thank you for inviting me to your backyard. for, for sure. I see a little doggy. What's your little doggy's name?
0: That's Maui. Maui? Maui the demi dog? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I see some squirrels back here. Yeah, there's
0: you- there's squirrel friends right here. I got like a squirrel family that um I always make sure I leave water out, especially during the summertime, because people forget we're in the drought, and a lot of times the animals, they suffer a lot. There's less you know, water resources, so you know, it's good to kind of leave water out for, you know, whether it's the, the birds or the squirrels or miscellaneous creatures that walk through here.
1: Now, I'm talking to you for a couple of reasons. Yeah. First of all, because you are fifth-generation Venice. Right. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. So tell me as far back as, as your family goes, in Venice um that makes it what great great grand yeah
0: actually I don't know if I've shared that picture if you look in that kitchen right there I have a little picture of my grandma's a postcard I have some t-shirts too but um but yeah um there's a postcard I'll show you later it's a picture of them it's my grandma my great-grandma my great-great-grandma at the Venice boardwalk with like you know like a little stylized background you know like the little photo drop they had back in the day but 1926 and so um so they, they were around Venice before that because a lot of agricultural work around here. A lot of, you know, the trains would come through. I don't know what company, not Dole, but some, one of those old school, uh, um, you know, uh, crop companies or whatever. So they like, you know, canneries and things of that nature. So that's what they did. And they eventually got this house in like uh, late, I'm saying like 49, 48 around there. Yeah, so. And where did they come from? Uh, so before that, my they were living in Las Cruces, Mexico, which is where my great grandma was born. And then um, when they came to Venice, my great-grandma was probably, like, maybe, like, 12, 13, if that, you know what I mean? And uh, But before that, uh, me on Mexico.
1: Yeah. One thing that I noticed right away with you is you've got these ear—what uh, do you call these? They're not earrings.
0: Uh, they're technically called earplugs. Earplugs. Oh, yeah, earplugs slash yeah. eyelets. Eyelets.
1: Yeah. And they're big. What, yeah. what gauge is this you got? Dude, this is an
0: inch and a—not inch and a half. What An inch and— five-eighths maybe which is just a notch above an inch and three-quarter yeah no an inch and a half so yeah an inch and five-eighths they're big yeah <laughs> they're big especially when they're white too and they're like just yeah
1: what what does it represent what are you trying to say what what uh what should people get when they see this
0: um i, I never really um intend to be like a, a statement per se it was more just kind of like a natural going with like a natural inclination so um, you know, of course, it's all. this associated with you know, native culture. Oh, I didn't know that. It, oh yeah, yeah, indigenous. They look a lot of, like you know the Aztec, Mayan, uh, Inca cultures. Back in the day, they um you know, um, they have like not the exact style, but different you know the flares or different areas you know, and they did in Africa too, a little different style. So it, it's more of um since I was young, you know, even when I was in Catholic school, I would pierce my ears, but my one, well, my mom didn't want it, and then two, you know, you couldn't have earrings in Catholic school. So what I would do is uh, my sister taught me, my older sister taught me how to do this was basically I would get like a um of my ears with like a little uh, bobby pin or whatever or the um, safety pin and then um, get like a straw, a clean piece of straw like from my broom or whatever, clean it off alcohol, whatever, and then little neosporin and just make it real small and just throw it in there. So like when I was walking to school, like, yeah, I'm rocking my earring, you know what I mean? But when I get home, like I'm taking this shit off, you know, so but but, but I've always been inclined, you know, like in my teenage years, like just. I have three, four, you know what I mean? In my nose, just kind of like, I just kind of inclination to pierce myself all the time. So I, I kind of just kept going with it. So
1: so your mom didn't want any ear piercing. Yeah, or tattoos. And, and you've got <laughs> one of the biggest earplugs I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got tattoos all up and down your arm. Yeah, yeah. Has your mom chilled out on this? Yeah. She, when it, when it, well, yeah. I mean, over the years.
0: So I, I'm 46 now, but when I was like, um... Get out of town. Yeah.
1: You look fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. You look 26.
0: Oh, <laughs> thanks. I appreciate it. What? Yeah. Minus a few back aches, you know, and uh, a couple of muscle strains. I feel, you know, like 26, but yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. Very impressive. Yeah. So, like, when I first got my first tattoo, which was, I think, this tattoo right here, which actually his ex wife did years back. She's, uh, you know, she has a tattoo shop here on Lincoln, the oldest tattoo shop in Venice, actually. What's it called? Ink Ink Tattoo. Ink
1: Ink. Venice and yeah. in
0: what? Uh, no, it's off of Lincoln Boulevard, right before you get to it's like Lincoln and Lake, essentially, next to the old Cafe 50s. The longest-running tattoo shop in Venice, yeah. That Cafe 50 shut down, right? Uh, Yeah, maybe about, I want to say about five, six years ago now. It's been a minute. Yeah. Did you cry? Uh, no, but very disappointed because I was only one of the very few, I say, um, least hipster landia type uh, food spots. And you go there, people know you, the food's good, good nice little All-American, uh, you know, pancakes, breakfast, and, you know, lunch or whatever, and good place for a date, you know? It was just nice, good, like... <laughs> You know, like it's a 50's style bar, so you would imagine, like, how you seen the movies, like, where people are hanging out at 50's style bars. It was like a mini, every time you went there, it was like a mini version of Greece or something. It felt just kind of like, just cool and nice community spot. So,
1: let's talk about gentrification real quick. Mm-hmm. Because... Um... I didn't realize you were 46 so yeah yeah i'm 54 okay so i moved here when i was 18 okay and venice in the 80s was perfect for me yeah in a lot of ways because santa monica was a little too
0: yeah clean and shiny yeah
1: and nobody would well have it depends
0: me. what area of santa monica but yeah that's that overall
1: but i would even say uh even um up up um, like for a while yeah for even even if you were on the this side of the uh of the 10 yeah it was still a little grungy yeah um and i i almost didn't even consider uh south of the 10 santa monica yeah i considered it oh yeah okay as soon as you as soon as you cross
0: the the south santa monica yeah yeah yeah
1: and and people had to correct me and say i was wrong and i was like
0: okay well, that's fine well because i mean it's it's funny because one like i mean just i guess the whole west side in general like they share there's a lot of um areas where it blurs you know uh but nothing as far but santa monica events have a very intimate history as well because a lot of the folks when that freeway was built a lot of people who moved to venice in what like the late 60s or 70s um around that time they moved over here you know so um i mean they're very close a lot you know like the first baptist church of Venice that we've been fighting for it was actually the Second Baptist Church of Santa Monica. Oh. And then when they came to Venice, it became the First Baptist Church of Venice. So, but things like that, it's very intimately connected. And um, yeah, yeah, it's just really interesting. Tell me about this fight. Um, well, uh, it's the First Baptist Church of Venice. It was, um, the fight started back in late 2017, uh, which is when I jumped on the, uh, to help out. You know, I was already involved in like just general anti gentrification, you know, find different developments, kind of, you know, putting out a bunch of fire, so to speak. And so when this came, I was just kind of, uh, I was coming out of a, of a bad breakup. So I was kind of just, you know, taking a few months off and just kind of just all over the place. And But long story short, yeah, so we've been finding it. And originally, you know, this, you know, crooked pastor, uh, he, he, he sold it, you know. Um, sold the property, seven-lot property, probably the oldest and, you know, uh, black property in the neighborhood. It was, it, it was a black church. It was a black church, yeah. The oldest black church in Venice. And so he sold it to who? He sold it to the Penskeys. So Jay Penske, the son the son of Roger Penske, you know, uh, you know, media oil conglomerate, whatever, racing car, all that stuff too. Billionaire. And so his son at the time on I think he was on the verge of being a billionaire. He's a billionaire now, owner of Rolling Stone variety, all that stuff, whatever. So we were battling them for um maybe about three and a half years until they sold it last year to one of their associates. But to us it's, you know, it's still in develop I say developer gentrification hands, so it's still the same. But um, but yeah, you know, I've been holding him off for the last three, almost four years now, but i say against the odds of, you know, obviously he's a billionaire, his wife's a Victoria's Secret model, she's probably fluent in her own right, and, um, and against the, you know, neighborhood council, against the city council, against the local council people, a uh, person at the time, who eventually turned over, you know. So you know, all we- those people did not want Pensky to turn this into- No, all those people wanted them. They were, we were against, it, they were against us the whole time.
1: These So people- the politicians and the billionaire Wanted to turn the oldest black church into their personal mansion
0: to raise their family. How far away from the beach is this church? This, um, it's probably about, da, 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 it's, I would say it's maybe about one, two, three, four, five, maybe about less than 10 blocks. So we're six, no, six, six seven, eight, maybe about eight blocks from the beach. Hmm. Yeah. In the middle of the, you know, I said the historic black community right said, here. You said six or seven, uh, lots, six, uh, seven lots. So,
1: Where we're at right now is one lot. Yeah, this is one lot. And this is big, man. Yeah.
0: This is a really big lot. Yeah. Which I've been to some... um, You've been to Oakwood Park before. You know where Oakwood Park is at, right? Yeah. The church right across the street, that big, huge, uh, A-frame church.
1: The lots in Venice are big because you'll have usually a main house up front. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have either a garden or you've got some other structures. And then you'll have a big garage. Yeah. Um, that, that abuts the alleyway Right So that's one lot Which maybe it's like a quarter acre or Something like that Yeah And so you're saying Seven times that Yeah, seven lots And he wants to just have One giant house there Yeah
0: Is the church still standing? It's still standing It's It's been like dilapidated Which is also a um, It's kind of like You know the MO of a lot of You know developers around here Like a lot of times they can't demo Or if they don't demo it The way they want to It gets their way they'll like purposely let it get dilapidated and you know may sometimes get people to enhance the dilapidation and that way oh well you know we have we have this you know it's termites we have this we have that it's irreparable um whatever we need to demo it okay yeah and a lot of times they have their folks yeah we'll just sign off which is usually how it goes but you know we have a good team of people and and like i said a lot of uh uh, strong prayers and, and blessings and opportunities to advance on our prayers and um yeah so i mean we've been able to stop them and we don't have the property. It's not in our hands yet, but it's about to get historic designation uh, to LA City, which, like I said, it's not the end-all, be-all, but it definitely puts a major damper in any um, developers' um, ideas for the for the properties.
1: It sounds like you are fighting this cause because you have seen and your family has seen Venice mm. just house by house, block by block, get turned from what Venice used to be yeah. into... Now it looks like a billionaire's dream. Yeah, Well,
0: yeah, you know, it's, um, well, like, w- the last 10 years we've been in the mode what we call hyper-gentrification, you know, but definitely it's a lot more uh, homogenized, whether it's economically, racially, usually, you know, you know the racial, and economic um, um, patterns go hand in hand, usually, you know, you might get some working class black and brown folks, but they essentially have a kind of more of a Anglo-aspiring type of, you know, um, comfortability level as far as, like, you know, how they act, you know, they don't really relate to a lot of the local black and brown folks here. Not that they can't be different or they can't be, you know, fluent, but like it's, it's it says a lot when you come to uh, places and you can't relate to your own people, you know what I mean? So, but um, um, yeah, so yeah, with the church, I mean, for me, like I say, you know, I, I, I do a lot of native activism, spiritual activism, education work, that's more my core, the youth education work, but um, a lot of that, you know, it's, you know, knowing your history, knowing about, you know, where you're at on the land, you know, Tongva land right here, um, pre-los angeles pre-california pre-mexico all that you know it's a at the end of the day it's native land the natives are still here so to acknowledge the Tongva people of this area and um, so like a lot of the fights has been for sacred sites whether it's the Bona wetlands down there the Playa Vista complex built over burial grounds um, History's always been erased so the fact that we really um, I, I relate to protecting sacred sites and if you understand how white supremacy works um, you know Even though like for instance like there's you know a big gang war back in the 90s here black and Mexicans Probably one of the worst black and brown Mexican on black uh, Gang wars probably in the country if not the worst, but um Anyway, so there's a lot you know, but given that there's always been still a lot of love despite you know that happened You know like in what in the 90s the crack the poverty you know you get all these um, Elements that are very combustible and then you put people in this little pocket of course stuff like that's gonna happen Did anybody win that war? Ah, uh, uh, the uh, the developers did, <laughs> LAP one that were, gentrification one.
1: I watched one of your YouTube videos where you were talking, you were going on a rant.
0: Well, which one? Yeah.
1: I, you were in your room, and uh, it wasn't that long ago. Maybe okay, it was like three weeks ago. Okay, and one of the people that you were raging out against was German in Venice.
0: Oh yeah. And what what interest I was right. I've been mean, very critical, passionately critical. Bonavall's raging. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to over-dramatize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but for sure. <laughs> um, but it surprised me because when I watch German in Venice, I see this. Kind of lovable guy yeah, yeah. who uh immigrated here from Germany mm-hmm. like thirty years ago. Yeah. He's got a, a a very quaint little tent or not tent, but he's got a little storefront on the boardwalk. Oh where, I know that. yeah yeah some of my where, he, a where he does henna tattoos.
0: Oh I know I know and,
1: and he shoots videos almost every day yeah. about Venice. Yeah. And homelessness. I guess his his um his focus a lot lately recently yeah. has been homelessness. And yeah. so he'll talk to homeless people here. Macarthur Park, even in Beverly Hills, I saw one. Yeah,
0: Echo Park too. I think yeah, he's been yeah. there. yeah.
1: And so I kind of like him because I would rather see certain things through his point of view than your traditional news, where it's got like a guy yeah. in a suit and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it seems like you're not the only critic of German invent. Oh no,
0: it, it, yeah.
1: So so tell me what I'm missing when I when I watch.
0: When um, and, and and I'll say I agree with you too. Can we see him like you know I watched his videos. like oh yeah you know just you know a guy in a very you know. Uh, you know very distinct personality very charismatic and oh yeah like you know, like
1: he likes Michael Jackson
0: yeah yeah I mean he's very like his personality and he's a very nice guy and they're very friendly and like yeah yeah it's kinda hard not to like you know not like it's kinda hard to dislike him so I I don't like I say I don't like dislike him on a personal level it's more just his impact you know what I'm saying because if you look at his audience on YouTube 95% are just like these right wing garbage racist people you know
1: so so if I read the comments I would see...
0: Yeah, which well, is his audience that he's you know, in the last, what, five months or so uh, since he stumbled upon this, you know, uh, homeless topic, um, he started getting all these extra views, but of course, you know, all, all this right-wing, the the bulk of them.
1: So do we blame him for the, the, the bad no, no, comments? No, 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 but
0: uh, um, it, what I don't like about it, it's like, it's ultimately like, what's, I say, um, if you're doing things and you're a nice guy, but, you know, you're giving a platform and you're kind of catering to this very distinctly racist classes audience that's your impact you know what i mean and, and like for instance like the one brother who got killed uh mike hall like a week or two ago right and the you know rest in peace um he came to the memorial late i was there with the family and um german came to the yeah yeah he came late whatever he's working now. nothing has to be at every place whatever but you know he's just a, a vlogger or whatever but um he made a video about it and then he posted it up and of course it's the same you know bulk anti-homeless racist classes you know sorry about the squirrels there <laughs> <laughs> right. and um and but they're, and they're, like i guess they were people in the audience or in his uh comment section were disrespecting the family kind of clowns i like, do like okay if you if you're real about you know respecting the homeless and just you want to just share whatever like don't give space to those motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Like, so turn off the comments then? Um, I'm about to turn off the comments, but if someone's on there talking about, okay, so, someone just died, like the mom's there, whatever, like that, too, and you got someone talking about, oh, the mom knew that he was living in a, car, a camper, how did you let her do that, and blah, 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 and they use not so nice words about, like, dude, like, that's no place for that, you know? Like, you can have your opinion about homelessness, that's fine, but like, her mom, she's lost her son you know what i'm saying and it's like you're going to allow like just delete that comment and boom like just don't let people So he should moderate go, his comments. He should moderate his comments for sure and be mindful of his audience you know what i mean. So and, what? L- and also too because he did also i mean i can go on but like another Please point do. is cuz he's th- he's he claims he's been here 30 years maybe he has i don't know. But he did a um there's a video where um a friend of mine who's you know just a general gentrification activist uh homeless activist out here and she she was like cussing him out and you know, had a face whatever. her hand. That was your friend? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so like, in a way, she might be a little extra with them, but whatever. I mean, but, um, and other elders and you know, folks from the neighborhood, you know, generational people as well were out there and, you know, people who've been activists for decades. And one, he didn't know who these people were. And then two, in the, in the video, he was referencing them as like those people or them or whatever too. And like, and these are people of color, one, and then people, multi-generational residents who are also activists for like decades. You now I'm saying? So it's like, if you've been here for 30 years and you don't know who these people are and you refer to them and they don't like you, you know, what I mean, that's like, you know, and you, you're not repping Venice. You know, you, you might live for 30. I mean, to be in Venice for 30 years and it's like Venice is small, but it's still kind of a big place for being a small place. Right. So if you've been in for 30 years and you're around your social, whatever, if you're a real Venice person, you're going to know at least not necessarily buddy, buddy with people, but you can know, who's who. For the most part and whatever you know so if you don't know who lydia is you'll know who these other elders are in the community it's like it's that speaks a lot to the crowd that you hang out with for 30 years you're in a very distinct uh racial and economic little pocket you know what i mean so and people like again you know just me you know us being fifth generation i'm a lot more critical about people who claim to be from venice and maybe a gatekeeper in a sense but not like i don't think i'm irrational or you know um or extra just you know, just plain, just be who you are. Don't fake the funk, you know what I mean? And basically what it comes down to, and it's like, like I said, he's been here 30 years and he doesn't know any of these people. And, you know, he's letting, like these folks getting bass, like I said, generational black and brown folks who are struggling to help their community survive. Like who's his narrative really catering to? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, you raise an excellent point. Yeah. Because um, like I said, I've been here since the 80s. Yeah. And when I realized that I don't know as much as you would think I would know for being here for so long, right.
0: even myself too. I mean, I created it, this podcast because
1: yeah. I was like, I think I know about Venice. Yeah, but I, how can you if you don't live there? Yeah, how can you if you don't talk to the people? Yeah, how can you if you don't talk to strangers? Right. And and so maybe that is the lesson that we want to give to German in Venice. Yeah, that if your heart's in the right place, we don't know. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I don't think he has. I mean. For, for the most part, like I don't like I don't hate him. Like when I see him, I'm cordial with them. I, I don't like you know talk shit about him like that. I'm I'm very critical of his his role. Like say you know in um, this thing you know we're we're talking about racism or politics. Like it's there's uh, intent and impact. You know what I'm saying a lot of times you know you'll see a lot of times oh you know like when people get called for racism, celebrities get called for racism. It's like oh well I didn't intend, for this, but like racism is never intentional. You don't have to you don't have to have ill will or um intention to be a racist or reinforce racist uh you know uh, paradigms.
1: Let's talk about the uh the uh LA Sheriff Department mm-hmm. because they've been accused of a lot of things. Oh yeah. And um there's um there's been banners that have been flown over the 10 freeway that says Google LASD gangs. Right. Yeah. And um and some people are saying that the sheriff himself is racist. Yeah. Now, the sheriff came to Venice a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. even though this really isn't his jurisdiction. Right. I mean, sheriffs can go wherever they want, but when there is already LAPD, yeah. they're supposed to kind of stand back a well, little bit.
0: Yeah, well, this is the thing, too. But it's, uh, especially when it comes to Venice Beach, there's, like, multiple jurisdictions going on. The actual boardwalk, the concrete part, is L.A. City. That's actually—a lot of people refer to Venice Beach as a park. The boardwalk, it's not. It's not. The actual concrete is actually an L.A. street right? Once you walk onto like the grass, that becomes county property. Uh, not only is it county, it's um, coastal, California coastal property too. So even just so you know, like um, everything within one mile of the coast is uh, under a special protection because it's within the, what they call it coastal zone. So everything in PCH and, and west is uh, afforded extra protection in terms of development. There's a lot more uh, protections in general. But so Technically um, the agreement in general with the uh, boardwalk is that um LAPD takes you know care of the um the general police and law enforcement of that area and then the county does like the maintenance the park maintenance and all oh, you know the the beaches and what have you like that so so
1: the sheriff was in the right to to if 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 the tents were on the grass yeah then it was okay for him to come here,
0: um, but he not, probably
1: should have coordinated it better. Well,
0: one, is he, he stepped on toes. There's no agreement. You know, so everything that was already done. There's already, like I said, there's a, a stipulation with uh, the county, the coastal, um, you know, where there's beaches and harbors, you know, parks and rec, LAPD, city, county. So there's that's been the program. So he kind of came in just like, oh, like. It's like we're doing an interview, and then some guy comes in, like starts sticking a microphone, and like does his own interview in the middle of your interview, type of thing. You know what I mean? So, that's kind of what's going on too. And, um, but law, I think, regardless, law enforcement, from my understanding anyway, law enforcement has a right to uh, enforce um, the law of the area, regardless. So, like if some guy from, like let's say, um, you know, Mississippi comes a cop over here, and like he sees someone breaking the law, they knows the law in the area. He has, you know, the right to go in. He he's, he has the ability and jurisdiction to you know enforce that law in the area, but thing is there's there's lawsuits going on over here you know like the, the Jones lawsuit as well as the um, Martin versus Boise, which is a Supreme Court decision basically saying that like you can't arrest or criminalize people uh, for not having a house if you don't have affordable housing, you know, and the Jones kind of reinforces that uh, same thing. That's more specific to LA City,
1: and and that's what. Um some people say encouraged people to pitch tents during coronavirus yeah. because there because Project Room Key really wasn't working. Yeah. And um, yeah. And there just weren't, weren't beds for these people. Yeah. But then when uh, the vaccines happened, um, the sheriff mm-hmm. decided, look, I don't agree with him, but he was yeah. basically saying yeah. the cops aren't handling this. Uh, Mike Bonin's not handling this properly. Yeah. I'm going to come in here and handle it. Do yeah. you agree with what happened when the sheriff swept "quote unquote" the people away?
0: Well, I don't think I don't know if he he was even the one to really sweep. I know he he like he might help to facilitate a few people to you know the deficient services that are available. You know what I mean? But it was more of a show. He, he, I don't think he really actually did anything. If anything, he just got. Other agencies, he probably put a spotlight maybe on these other agencies and their deficiencies. But they're all, the. It's kind of hard to really say things for certain. But sometimes I feel like they're just all playing a, a little fucked up game that we're all losing at, you know. But um. Well, he would say the tents are gone. Well, I mean, well, a lot of that's been LAPD and uh, the city. I think that hasn't been. Like I say he might have like came in and like I don't know. It's just sometimes it just seems like you know, it's kind of like, a you of like that. What's the um. Uh, What's it, that Beastie Boy song? Uh uh Posse. Not Posse on Broadway. I'm thinking um Um I love the Beastie Boys. Yeah. That, w- what album are you talking about? Uh the first one. We're talking about, you know, me and MCA uh uh Me and- Paul, Revere. Paul, Revere. Paul, Revere. Paul Revere. Paul Revere. So like so he's like he tells a story that was sounding well rehearsed, whatever, and like he knows they're a friend all of some they come like they're in cahoots. So it's like it has like a similar effect. That's the thing like these feels kinda of sound like they're Kind of complimenting each other's moves over here, you know. I don't know, like just whatever. You got to entertain so, a lot of different things. So
1: maybe the mm. sheriff, by overstepping his bounds, made the police embarrassed a little bit, made the LAPD embarrassed, and then the LAPD. Kind of, do you think the LAPD did the right thing?
0: Uh, well, the thing is, I mean, because like, ten, like, it's it's. First of all, there's no housing, right? Just and like they keep saying, you know, and um. Oh yeah, we're getting these housing. You know, the sheriff said it. Bond even said it. He had to correct himself. And LAPD, were are Like, yeah, we're getting so be- these little tiny no houses. Housing.
1: These, there's no place for. So, the, where do you think? They're, these they're, so, so,
0: so, like, so, there's shelters, but there's no housing. I hear what you're saying. You know, what I'm saying.
1: It's, there's a huge difference.
0: Yeah, there's a huge difference. So, you know, a lot of times, these programs they don't last. Like, you no, know, like, that's gonna last two years. What's it the the Bridge Home or whatever? All these programs are very.
1: Well, we're, I'm looking at a tool shed you got yeah. back here. Mm-hmm. They might consider this housing. For a homeless person, yeah, yeah, some. It's I mean, tool shed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the. the and, you, and
1: you're saying real housing, is where you live.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, like you know, like people can have small houses, but like real, like you know, permanent housing, not like you know, okay, something that's gonna be affordable or whatever. You know, it's, it's not there.
1: I love Venice, and I want to be a good person whenever I visit Venice.
0: Mm.
1: Are there places that I can eat at or shop at that that are that you would recommend that would um, uh, honor and respect and support people who believe in your causes? Either yeah. they're OG
0: Venice people yeah.
1: or they're not gentrifiers. What do you
0: recommend that we do? Yeah, so people, like, basically w- w- who are with within principle, you know what I mean? So there's, there's like, newer spots that are, like, you know, people will consider, like, you know, gentr- gentrifier spots. But, you know, like, there's people who've shown solidarity as opposed to charity, you know. And so, um, but, oh, you know, Hoagies, for sure. You know, generational family there. Uh, old school spots right here on Lincoln. Hoagies, the Great Western Steak and Hoagie Company. Mm-hmm. Great hamburgers, Hoagies and all that. Um, La Fiesta Brava right here on... Um, Hampton, across you know just uh, a quarter block from the Rose Cafe. Um, I like Flag as far as like you know Rose Avenue goes. You know a lot of old school folks go there too. You know it's still kind of not geared towards you know local. Well, it kind of is. I mean it's it's a little it's pricey for original Venice standards, but it's still it's a good spot. You know I go and I feel home and people say hello and I don't feel like you know there's no like shade. (laughs) <laughs> there for me, you know what I mean? So are
1: there any Mexican spots?
0: Well, the, the La Fiesta Brava. Oh, that's that it's probably the last as far as I like, can think of, as far as like, you know, um, you know, organic oriented, you know, organic principled um family and business, you know, as far as food goes. La fiesta brava on Hampton. Is there
1: anywhere on the boardwalk?
0: <sighs> nah, cause those a lot of times with those spots they they flip uh, owners a lot you know those tattoo places or where all the time they flip owners and food wise yeah not really dude i mean i mean obviously you got red's tacos right there on, on windward which is cool i mean it's, it's it's affordable it's you know it's trendy you know it's not really like a, a local local spot in terms of like you know um i don't know really what the owner's position is or their role is as far as like supporting or not supporting uh gentrification agents in the community so but as far as general food goes i, I like it. it's affordable
1: how do you feel about harry the uh the this the rollerblading guitar player who's been here
0: oh he he's cool i mean he's kind of you know he's kind of quiet kind of keeps himself you know a little a little snooty i think sometimes or i mean no judgment i met his personality but um i mean he, he's definitely an icon so you know I, I like him for you know his role and his icon you gotta respect him for you know um you know, just the icon that he is, you know, regardless of his, you know, if his personality might rub people the wrong way.
1: Because he's always trying to
0: sell you something? No, just because a lot of times, you know, like, I might say hi, he wouldn't even, like, you know, or, you know, he just kind of just, you know, he won't say hi or take a picture with you unless you, like, you know. And, but even as a little kid, he was like that, too, so it's like.
1: Well, he's definitely there to get the tourists to.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Like I say that's his business. That's, that's how he's made his money, so why I switch it up? But at the same time, too, like, come on, dude, like, you know, we're locals, bro, like, you know. <laughs> I, I
1: remember uh, a number of years ago. The drum circles were the cause of commotion between "quote unquote" locals, yeah, and those who went out there and drummed. but, yeah. it, it, but it almost felt like the people who were complaining were people who had recently bought, yeah. beachfront property and didn't like. And this the is noise. the thing
0: too. Yeah, so the word "local" when we when you hear "Venice locals" this or "Venice resident," it's it's a very uh, it's a, it's a word that's used very loosely. So a lot of people who are native or have been raised, even been in for a long time, who are within, um, I say they, they worked from the bottom up, so to speak, you know, instead of this top-down type of residency situation. Um, we don't consider them locals, you know, but they, I mean, technically, okay, they live here, they lived here for a while, some of them, but they're just, they're still very disconnected. disassociated with the vibe of the organic community here. So, um, so yeah, locals is a very abused word, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's same in Santa Monica, too. Like, you know, people are getting complained about the music of the artists, you know, by the problem that's I like, do. Like, why, you, like, I don't understand. The, it's really, it's it's, it's it's privileged. It's stupid. It's arrogant. You know, it's, it's advanced speech. Or people even, like, trying to start anti-graffiti campaigns. You know, like, dude, you live on, right off the fucking boardwalk. Like, why? Like, graffiti is like a, a graffiti mecca. You know what I mean? It's like, and you want to stop graffiti in Venice? Like, dude, like... I, like remember,
1: I like, remember the pushback when they were against the skateboard park. Yeah, yeah. And now it turns out the skateboard park perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't hear anything about crime over there or yeah. even kids getting hurt.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's part of, of the local culture here and, um, you know, and at the same time too, it's, it. you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it's, it, it's It's dope because it's a good example of the Venice culture. It represents the culture in a lot of good ways. Um, but again, too, you know, like, you know, just, to, you know, kind of bring up, you know, racial dynamics, too. Like, if that was, um, if it was just black and brown kids skate park, it would be a lot of, a harder sell. So, again, you know, some of the multiculturalism and really pushing, you know, the collective benefit really was what it was able to get that pushed through.
1: Let me ask you about your, uh, your uncle, the original, one of the original suicidal tendencies. Yeah. One thing that blows my mind about the West Side in general... Mm-hmm. And this isn't just uh, uh, um, about Venice. Mm-hmm. If suicidal was around today, starting, I don't think th- there's a club that would play them. In, no. I don't think there's any venue no. in Venice that would no, play no. them. They'd have to go to Hollywood, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it I,
1: has it been there? Has that been the case as long as you've been here?
0: Yeah, I mean, most of these bands that come up, like I don't know, just I'm like I said, just you know, just me being local and generational, you know, dude, I'm you know, very critical, hypercritical, and then, you know, just knowing my history in general, it's it's uh, a lot of these bands, like, I don't, not say people aren't good music musicians, but just artists, because in general, a lot of artists, not all of them, but the bulk of artists, is, it's an avenue for um, what they call um, art washing, gentrification, um, instant gentrification to, you know, neighborhoods and all that, too, so, like, there's a lot of people coming in, but they're not really I don't know. I said no judgment on their music. That's their music. That's their art. But it's just not to me. A lot of it's very kind of just not real to me. You know, it doesn't. But my but my question is yeah. about the venues. Yeah.
1: It doesn't seem like Venice mm. supports local bands. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any. Cl- Are there any rock clubs in Venice right now?
0: Uh, no, dude, There's no music. You Isn't know. that weird? Yeah. Cause cause even now when you know, cause one of the bands that my uncle played in afterwards called Toad. Um, Hornitoad band. And, uh, you know, they're kind of like punk ska. Still like, you know, just like a, a punk ska. Yeah.
1: I see a sticker over here. Yeah, there. yeah,
0: right there. Exactly. So um,
1: do, were they, are there any avenues for them to play? In no,
0: Venice? no. So the point I was going to make was like a lot of times when they would play, they'd be like, okay, at this spot over here, off of Lincoln, or this spot over here, off of Rose or whatever. There's always spots. that. They, but now when they play, obviously they're older now that, you know, they don't really, they're not in their heyday anymore. But like, even now they still play shows every so often. But when they do now, they, they play like, in Mar Vista, they have to play like in some, like, you know, um, American Legion in Santa Monica or like that's very on these very outskirts of like just spots that are still not hyper gentrified parts of the of the west side. Yeah, the, the
1: the the feeling that I get when I notice that there's no venues in Santa Monica and it doesn't seem like there's any venues in Venice mm. is the rich people are saying, we don't want rock and roll in our town. We'll 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 allow a mural of Jim Morrison, yeah, huge mur- mural of yeah. Jim Morrison. We'll we'll allow all these banners of Bob Marley, these tapestries of Bob Marley, but don't have rock and roll be here. Don't have actual rock and roll be played here.
0: Yeah, but that's yeah, that that's very indicative of the uh, like this this phony liberal, um, phony progressive facade that Venice has. You know, like like I said too. Like okay, for instance, like the, uh, suicidal tendencies. They're the ones who musically, as far as real Venice bands, who put Venice on the map. So people associate the Doors. The Doors lived here for a while, whatever, too, but they're not from Venice. You know what I mean? So it's like as far as... Um, they're a Hollywood band. Yeah. So, uh, But you, you'll see all these murals everywhere of the Doors and like whatever and like that. But how many suicidal murals do you see in Venice? There's none. You know what There's I'm saying? none, really? There's none. There might be some like you know some reference like oh yeah suicidal or st or like you know some like you know a component of a mural but not so just do no... i
1: do we need to go get some spray cans and, and fix right? this yeah. problem
0: yeah to so do a sort a, a suicidal mural somewhere like you know of the whole band like the og band but um but I'll, you know like going back to what i was saying too about like this facade of like you know using the arts venice arts and um you know just it's more for marketing than anything like for instance like over the graffiti walls like Some of these, you know, even nonprofit people who might be nice people, whatever, like they'll go and they'll they'll take pictures of, oh, yeah, you know, uh, diverse culture in Venice, you know, have graffiti background for their pamphlets and their little things, whatever, too. But it comes to supporting the artists or the people who are trying to maintain and hold that cultural spots who are mostly, you know, low income folks for the most part, you know, um, black and brown kids, inner city kids or whatever. Like they're, they're nowhere to be found to defend that space, but it works good for their marketing and their branding and whatever. You know, and same with the music, whatever. Like, oh yeah, it's cool, but as long as you don't know, uh, encroach on our on our comfort level for you know our you know the re- the very whitewashing, literally whitewashing branding of a lot of the new businesses, like say like on Windward, the Main Circle on Windward or whatever, they're paying like all the buildings white and just like you know even name them like you know El Blanco, you know, just like really, just like if if all the white buildings and all the white clientele wasn't enough, okay, yeah, yeah. I saw, a mu- <laughs> I
1: think I saw a mural of the Beatles over there.
0: Uh, maybe, possibly, yeah. Local Venice band, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. <laughs> which,
1: uh, which is fine, but again, there, there is actual culture in Venice, yeah, and
0: um, yeah. Despite a lot of the, uh, you know, I say the, um, the whitewashing, a lot of the, you know, attempted marginalization, they're still given that assault. There's still, you know, a lot of beautiful, genuine spirit still here. It's just a lot of times it's not what you will see on in the Argonaut or Yo Venice or any of these self-proclaimed Venice publications, except for the beachhead. But yeah.
1: The beachhead is what you should read? If yeah, you that's, they, the yeah. story.
0: For for real community news, you know, it's uh, the free Venice beachhead, the oldest free publication in the country, actually. And uh, since Brown says 1968. Nice. So, yeah.
1: So the, lo- the the longest in the county.
0: What that do what? You said the country. Oh, country. 1968. The oldest free publication in the country. Oh, it's free. Free. Oh, I free, see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah.
1: Talk to me about Mike Bonin because he's in the news a lot. Yeah. And it seems like nobody likes him. It, it seems well, like poor people don't like him. Rich people don't like him. Nobody likes him.
0: Uh, well, again, you know, going back to you know a lot of the gentrification-oriented media, a lot of people who. Let me give you an example. So uh, the, the bulk of the media locally who doesn't like him, and don't I mean he deserves a lot of criticism. He does a lot of whack shit. You know what I mean? Not to say you know, believe me. So, but um. A lot of the local media, when you hear stuff in the news, a lot of the groups and, and the, the news sources that are giving a real hard time, these are the same people who never in our four years fighting for this church over here, despite getting all kinds of mass new coverage, have never covered us. The Argonaut, Yo Venice, um, Venice Paparazzi, or whatever, you know, other places, you know. So these are the same people who strategically do not share the black and brown low-income Venice native uh, um, narrative. You know, what I mean, so these are the same people who are attacking him. So not to say that they're not um, uh, justified in some of their criticism, but they do overstep, and they come from a very racist, classist uh, orientation as far as their their um, their um, dislike for for bonding. But you know, he definitely deserves a lot of criticism for sure.
1: ask you about weed okay because uh back cannabis in the, back in the day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> venice was known as that was the place where you could buy weed yeah and Still is. and <laughs> when the medical marijuana thing was happening yeah i saw um dudes in like green vests oh, yeah. and stuff yeah roaming the boardwalk yeah and i would hear from tourists that they would get ripped off from a lot of these dudes oh, yeah? who would say that they're like well this is really only if you or Californian, yeah. Can you do this? So what I'll do is I'll work something out. What hotel are you at? We'll pretend that you've just moved here. Ah uh, <laughs> and for a hundred dollars, yeah, I'll buy you a license and then you can buy weed wherever you want. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. Which whatever. I mean, whatever. But now that it's it's truly legal in California. Yeah. I feel like the weed Hype in Venice has kind of died down a lot. Well, have you it,
0: noticed that? Well, because it's legal now. Before, like you had to go get the um, go um, the doctor and then recommendation, all that little you know, f- you know that little, I uh, say charades, you know, get your physical your medical, you know, recommendation, and then from there, that was just like the place where you would get your certificate. And then you would have to go to a dispensary, and then there's. A lot of dispensaries were in fluctuation, too. You know, some are legal, some are not. Some are more legal than others, or whatever, you know. And so, um, but now it's like, you, you basically, it's just legal in California. Anybody who comes here can buy weed, as long as they're over 18, they can buy anything anywhere, pretty much. And there's, like, at least, like, 20 dispensaries here right now, too, so.
1: Well, one that I noticed over here on Lincoln is MedMen, mm-hmm. which
0: I thought had gone out of business. And there's one there's one Abbot Kinney, too.
1: Two which more- is kind of like the Apple store of, of weed stores. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine you would not recommend people go to Medina. Nah, Is there a Venice uh, location that, do you smoke weed, first of all? Yeah, yeah. Is there a Venice uh, location that that you would give a thumbs up <sighs> to? Or are they all bad right now? Oh,
0: uh, Well, I mean, I would say they're all bad, but I mean, there's a thing called the uh, social equity um, program through LA City, I believe, which it, the essence of that program is to um, give a lot of the people who are incarcerated due to marijuana crimes, um, a shot at you know having you know in the marijuana cannabis business you know in that whole windfall, so locally there's there's people who are part of that program who've been uh, sidelined for whatever reasons, and so you have two you have two men men you have all the people that say that other people aren't you know good people whatever but it's like they keep giving opportunities to people who are not native which again it kind of just it's all just kind of just like um, um it's it was this, lip service yeah it's it's lip service like I say it's kind of just um. Um, a more low key perpetuation of this racist and classist gentrification process.
1: So as far as you know, there's no black or brown owners. Of, um, of I, weed think, I, I think I think
0: lately, I think from my understanding, lately they started to put um a couple of social equity applicants into the mix, but people from not from the area. Again, you know, I want we want to see black and brown people who've been deprived of you know economic um you know opportunity in that you know in that genre, but. At the same time, too, you got to start with the locals. Otherwise, you're just perpetuating this outside, top-down model. And a lot of times, these people, at least from my perspective, the ones that I know of for the most part, the, the ones who do have like this, you know, a black or brown social equity applicant at the forefront, they're just being, they're kind of just, they're basically vassals of these bigger kind of uh, um, cannabis industry uh, um, representatives and stuff. So it's just not, it's not, it's not genuine and it's not real. You know, but um, I do have a homie has a shop over. It's it's not a cannabis shop. It's a CBD shop over on Abbott Kinney and um, Abbott Kinney and Washington Boulevard. It's called CBD on Abbott. It's a CBD only, but you know um, they're working on getting a cannabis storefront. So um, you know that's a good business to support as far as that uh, type of business goes. So
1: we have found a place on Abbott Kinney that we can recommend.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's off of the uh, the main scene, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh,
1: it's it's more uh, south.
0: Yeah, more south. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. You've been great. Where can people follow you if they want to hear more from you?
0: Um, I have a website, you know, uh, That's where most of my kind of like political, uh, local type of stuff is, um, found. Of course, my Instagram and Twitter handle OG Bravo one. And, uh, yeah, I I got multiple websites, but, uh, those are my main, I guess, uh, digital access points. Mr. Bravo.
1: Thank you so much for yeah, letting me spend no some time problem, with you no today, today. Thank you. In your beautiful backyard. Yeah, with my squirrels with and your my squirrels and your little doggy. Your yeah. doggy's chilled out in the sun over yeah. there. I see a Raiders uh banner over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see Lakers and Kings.
0: Yeah. I don't see any Clippers. Nah, I know. That I mean, yeah, that mirror was. Are you dumb. guys against the Clippers? Nah, nah. I, I don't keep up with sports. But my uncle's more the sports guy. So um <laughs> my my homie did that, all those little um uh, graffiti artwork like Mibs. It's been at least about eight years, maybe. He did Those that. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. Old school king's uh, crown over there. Yeah. No, definitely. That's yeah. really talented. Yeah, my, my homie uh, Jigs1, old school graffiti artist, LA. Probably one of the more, most old school writers on the west side. He uh, did that work for my uncle. So shout out to Jigs1. <laughs> right on. Thank you, Mike. For I sure, really brother. Appreciate you. Thank it. you, man. Appreciate you.
1: All right. Oh, my God. Wasn't that good? You know what else is good? Our Patreon. Warm our cockles. Mm-hmm. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's a taco. Here's a Manny Petty. Here's an entire deep dish pizza. Oh my God. Every dollar you flow our way goes right back into what you're hearing today and helps us keep this insane project rolling. So shout out to our Patreons. Nancy Rommelman, Allie Miller, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Emilio, Jamie Taylor, George Wright, Mark Johnson, and Kira Ann. Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash hereinLA. And give till it hurts. We're also starting a new thing. You've heard of angel investors. Those are the people who get in early and stoke a new venture. This just happens to be a new venture. We're going to call our angel investors Angelinos. Mm. To be an Angelino, all you have to do is pay Palace 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on the here in LA website forever. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in to make this dream come alive. For example, Angelino number one is Allie Miller. Number two is George Wright. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash to bustblog at gmail.com. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and the original inspiration for John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. We usually put out new episodes whenever Jordan thinks it's reasonable. And when we do, we have a corresponding blog post that goes with each and every interview that can be found at hereinla.com. We also make kind of funny little video commercials that you can find at our Instagram, which is instagram.com hereinla. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen Adams for inspiring me to do this in Kim and Oz's backyard. Jordan for last week's quick turnaround, and all the activists and homies who fight the good fight to keep this city beautiful. Don't Don't forget forget to 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 vote. vote!